All right, family. We got a wonderful text for this morning, so I want to start by saying good morning. Good morning. I'm so thankful to be able to be here with you this morning during this Advent season. This is a joyous time for many of us. We get to spend together with family and friends, so this is a wonderful season. But while I recognize that this is a wonderful season, season to be with, I also want to recognize that this could be a hard and chaotic time for many. Many of us were dealing with all kinds of different struggles during this time. There's those that are dealing with small struggles maybe, like trying to find the perfect gift for a loved one or making sure their house is in order for those coming family that's coming out. But there's also those that are dealing with the loss of a loved one, experiencing a void in their heart. Or maybe even those that are dealing with the loss of a job and don't even really have the means to be able to get a gift for their family. So this could be a time of extreme chaos for many. But while I wanna recognize that it's a chaotic time, I also wanna say that there is, we do have the ability to be able to find peace during that chaos, but sometimes that peace can only feel temporary. We could feel as though maybe we have to eventually make our way back into that chaotic world that we're once trying to escape. But family, what if I told you that there's a way for us to be able to find peace in the midst of that chaos? What if I told you that there's a way for us to be able to find rest in the midst of that storm? So that's the piece that I want to talk about, is the peace that we find in Jesus. I want to start with a story this morning, a story about myself being able to find peace in the midst of chaos. So this was probably, it was earlier this week, I was trying this week to be able to, this was the final for the semester, so I had a lot of work that I had to get done. And typically, bedtime in my house is complete chaos. It's complete anarchy. Trying to get my two-year-old and my three-year-old to bed is nuts. And when my wife's at work, the job is mine to put those little beasts to bed. And this is nuts. It's like they could smell it on me. Like they have a sixth sense that daddy's got work to do, so tonight's the all-nighter. We're pulling it. So they start swinging from ceiling fans and practicing their Olympic gymnastics, and it's just a crazy time for us. And so when I have to experience that by myself, I have to prepare. I, I know what I'm getting into, but I know it's going to be a long night typically. So the stress already starts to build up in me. So this night in particular, I took my kids to bed, and my daughter, she passes out perfectly fine. She's in my right arm. She's passed out perfectly fine. My two-year-old my three-year-old still sleep with my wife and I. My son, it was about an hour into it, and he's over there shaking his head, slapping himself on the top of the head, keeping himself. He is a professional sleep fighter. I need some of those skills in my own life to be able to battle sleep like he does. So my son, keeping himself awake for about an hour, I felt so stressed. I felt so much anxiety running through me. I know the amount of work that I have to get done, and I'm not going to be able to get it done until they go to sleep. So during this moment, my son turns to me, and he says something, but he has his pacifier in his mouth. So to me, what it sounded like is he said, let's play, which I completely wouldn't understand that that's something that would be in line with what these little heathens want to tell me when it's bedtime. <laughs> but I take the pacifier out of his mouth, and I say, what would you say, baby? And he said, let's pray. And this is my three-year-old son, family. This is my baby. So to hear my little baby turn to me and say, let's pray, it melted me. And it still melts me. Right now, I still feel the emotion of it. The peace that came over me, I knew in that moment there was nowhere else that I needed to be. The Lord had me right where he needed to be. I needed to be in that moment. All that work could wait. I could put all that to the side. He's going to provide the time that is necessary for me to be able to get that work done. So I stayed in that place of peace, and my son and I recited the Lord's Prayer together. And hearing his little voice know the words to the Lord's Prayer, it was perfect. It was absolutely heartwarming to me. 
So once we get done, I look at him and I'm just filled with joy. And I say, baby, are you hungry? He says, yes. All right, let's go downstairs and get some food. Take him downstairs, put on Spider-Man for him. He gets to hang out until mommy comes home. But that peace carried on through the rest of the night. I knew that that work would still get done. I knew it was waiting for me, but I knew the Lord would be able to provide the time to be able to get that work done no matter what. This was God working through my son in that moment. He was providing me a sense of peace that I desired, that I needed. And we can all find that peace in those tough times. Even when we're feeling overwhelmed or anxious, so long as we trust in him, we obey him, and we have faith, we could get that sense of peace. Now, through, the, through our text today, I want to start by talking about ways that Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus, was capable of finding some peace in the midst of a storm. So let's get into the text for today. We're going to start with Matthew 1.18. Now, this verse begins with giving us a glimpse into the storm that Joseph was facing at that time. In an instant, Joseph's world was turned completely upside down. Now, Joseph was already preparing for a wedding with Mary. He was so excited to be able to get his life started with Mary, be able to start a family. He was going to be able to have all his, his, his friends to this wonderful ceremony. His, he, in his mind, his vision was already going. His life was in order the way that it, he intended it to be. This was supposed to be a milestone in Joseph's life. In an ancient Jewish uh, wedding, this was a process of many steps. It included legal agreements, religious ceremonies, and celebrations. And this was all based on deep cultural and religious traditions. So prior to this ceremony happening, in Luke 1.56, Mary was with uh, her cousin Elizabeth to help her because she was also pregnant. Yeah, there we go. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned home. So she stayed with her cousin for three months during that time. So Joseph learned about the pregnancy after Mary had returned from being with Elizabeth. So the only logical conclusion that Joseph could have came up with was that Mary was impregnated by another man. He and Mary had given public and legally binding vows to one another, but yet were not fully married. They hadn't yet lived together. So the logical conclusion that everybody else was going to come to is that this was either somebody else's child or that Joseph didn't care so strongly about the Jewish traditions that he believed in. This was a terrible shock to Joseph. But instead of turning to anger and publicly shaming Mary as an adulteress, he decides to divorce her quietly and not put her to shame. Now, Joseph had a vision of how things were going to go, but God had a different plan, family. This is still relevant for us today. When Jesus comes into our lives, our lives, too, are also turned upside down, just like Joseph's was. He stirs everything up in our lives so that he could reorganize them in the way that he intended for them to be. God has a specific plan for each and every one of us. And often we may feel like we're in the middle of chaos. Things may seem unclear. However, God has a clear destination in mind for us. 
Remember, family, Jesus changes everything, right? So another story. We have a toy room inside my house. It's dedicated just to all the kids' toys, and usually it's organized at night. My daughter's chores to organize the room, and it's, I mean, kind of organized, fairly organized, but the kids just trash it during the day. And my wife will go in there and try to bring some organization into that chaos. And when she does, I look at it and I'm like, this room is a mess, sweetie. Like, you tore this thing up. And she always tells me, she's like, there's a method to my madness. I, I have a vision. I know what I'm doing. So I walk away for about an hour because it gives me anxiety. I don't even want to look at it. <laughs> I come back and everything's in order. Everything has its place. It's all structured. Toys are all organized in their bins exactly where they're supposed to go. But there's always a bag of trash that's in the corner. It's, well, what she calls trash. I, I have hoarder tendencies, but I'm in Celebrate Recovery for these things, okay, family? <laughs> she, she, has, she has like a bag, what she considers trash. And a lot of it is like stuff that shouldn't have made its way into the room. There is some trash in there, but there's toys that are kind of jacked up, broken, and she's ready to toss these out. Well, I'll go looking into that bag because I'm like, you know what? I don't want you to throw away anything good that these kids could still use. And she, right away, she'll stop me. None of that belongs in here. None of that junk belongs back in here. It's organized. It looks clean. Don't bring that stuff back in here. And family, God does the same thing with our lives. He comes into our life, and he's getting rid of the things that are useless to us, the things that don't provide fruit. When we start to lose these things, the things that we love, it brings chaos into our lives. Whether that's a job, a relationship, a family member, or anything that we're used to having, he takes these things so that he can prune us into who he intended for us to be. Jesus brings peace during this realignment, though. He brings a comfort during this process so long as we choose to rest in him and trust in him. God brought chaos into Joseph's life at that moment. But as we go on to see, he has a greater plan for Joseph's life. So now we're gonna hop into verse 19. Matthew tells of Joseph being a just man. And as a just man, he believed in the law. Jewish, Greek, and Roman law all demanded that a man divorce his wife if she's found to have committed adultery. And under the Mosaic law, proven adultery was punishable by death by stoning. So if Joseph didn't break things off with Mary, he was breaking the law. So Matthew explains that Joseph was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose Mary to shame. So he decided to divorce her quietly. This means that although Joseph genuinely respected the law, he didn't want to subject Mary to contempt, judgment, and possible death. It's clear that he had no desire to see her publicly humiliated. He didn't want to see her put to death for what he might have believed to be a transgression. This shows Joseph's embodiment of God's heart even before he was called for the mission that he was called for. So in verse 20, we see Matthew say that Joseph considered these things. So the Greek word for consider is to deeply think or, some, or reflect on something carefully. Now this is different in the way that we use it here today. This was a deep form of reflection. 
when used in the New Testament, like when Joseph thinks about Mary's pregnancy, it shows that he's really taking time to think things over and understand what he should do. He considered all factors within the situation before he would make a decision. Not just about his own life and reputation, though. He was also thinking about Mary's as well. He didn't allow his decision to be emotionally driven. Rather, he allowed it to be logically and spiritually driven. Matthew goes on to tell of an angel who came to Joseph in a dream and begins talking to Joseph, referring to him as Joseph, son of David. Now, this title not only recognized that, Joseph, that uh, Jesus came from a royal family, but it reminded Joseph that he was chosen by God. This reminder was essential because Joseph was going through a storm. It just seemed like everything was going wrong for him. When Joseph received the angel's message, he was filled with a deep sense of hope and purpose, understanding that he was a part of God's divine plan. The angel's words revealed that the birth of Jesus was fulfillment of scripture. This divine assurance strengthened Joseph's faith, encouraging him to embrace his crucial role in God's plan with unwavering commitment and complete trust. And this calling by the angel of being the son of David gave him a sense of who he belonged to. It established that his loyalty is not to society. Instead, his loyalty needs to be to the one who is calling him. At the end of verse 20, the angel also tells Joseph not to be afraid to take Mary into his home because the child that she was carrying was, con was not conceived by another man. It was conceived by the, through the power of the Holy Spirit. So verses 21 through 23 state, she will bear a son and you shall name him Jesus because he will save the people from their sins. So Jesus was a man that knew the Torah front to back. He knew that the angel was speaking about the coming Messiah. Joseph knew that the child Mary was carrying was the one who would lead the, his, lead the people out of darkness and would bring salvation to Yahweh's people. This would have ignited a fire within Joseph's heart. Joseph was going to have the opportunity to be a part of God's divine plan. He was going to be able to have a chance to raise the Prince of Peace. The one who would bring salvation to the world. And Jesus brings salvation. And salvation brings everlasting peace. So the heavenly message that this angel gave changed everything. And Joseph takes Mary into his home as initially planned. Joseph chose to sacrifice himself for the sake of Mary and the child she was carrying, and by allowing his reputation to be damaged and to be looked down upon by the peers of his time. And Joseph went against all societal norms. The decision he made was completely countercultural. Joseph was more concerned about being righteous in the eyes of the Lord rather than being righteous in the eyes of his peers. This act of acceptance and obedience is a testament to Joseph's faith and his commitment to creating peace through his actions. Yeah. 
So now let's move on to verses 24 through 25. The next couple of verses show us the devout man that Joseph was and his faith, obedience, and trust in God's plan. When Joseph rose from his sleep, he did as the angel commanded him. Matthew doesn't say that Joseph thought about what the Lord had said and decided, you know, maybe I'll go ahead and do it. No. It says that he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. Joseph didn't wait for the perfect moment or until life was perfectly in order to do what the Lord had commanded him to do. He acted in accordance with the Lord's command at that very moment. And on top of that, he was obedient to the point of not consummating the marriage with Mary until she gave birth to the Messiah. So Joseph was a man of upstanding morals, but he also believed in God's plan. He was willing to place his own desires to the side for what he knew was God's desire for their lives. Joseph had so much faith in God's plan, he kept Mary virgin till the birth of Jesus in order to keep the fulfillment of scripture. Foretold in Isaiah, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall name, and his name shall be Emmanuel. By facing the storms in his life through faith, trust and obedience, Joseph was able to find genuine peace. So through his struggle and his obedience to God's plan, Joseph helped bring into this world the Prince of Peace for all of us to have in our lives. So now, family, the weariness of this world can lead us into places of fear, anxiety, isolation. And at times, we may feel like our own saviors, attempting to control everything in our lives. However, I've learned that true peace emerges when I stop wrestling with God and recognize that he's in control of everything. Our attempt to have control will just leave us exhausted and defeated. Surrendering to a loving God who has only the best in store for us brings true serenity. Joseph's unwavering faith, trust, and obedience to God exemplified peace. His journey emphasized the need to relinquish self-reliance for true peace. We have to let go of ourselves. It's not about us. His, so Joseph, Joseph's life teaches us that peace isn't the absence of trouble. It's a product of faith. Peace intertwined with faith and obedience remains as vital today as it was in Joseph's time. So now, family, how is this relevant for us here today? How are we to find peace in the midst of the chaotic world that we're living in? Everything seems to be turned upside down right now. We do this by recognizing it's not about who we are, but it's about whose we are. Our identity needs to be in Christ and not of this world in order to find peace. We can rest easy when we focus on who, uh, not on who we are, but who we belong to. We're not defined by our name. We're not defined by our job. We're not defined by our political, st- uh, political party, our social status, or the things that we've accomplished. 
We're special because of who we belong to. We're children of God. This means we're loved, cared for, and valued more than we could even imagine. Especially when we're feeling lost or unsure about ourselves, remember we're a part of something greater than this world could ever offer us. And just like Joseph, we're not alone. We're connected to a loving God who knows us deeply and sees our worth. So number two is faith, trust, and obedience foster true peace in our lives. Identify areas in your life where you still have anxiety or a desire for control or maybe you still fear some things, like being up here. Make a conscious decision to surrender those areas to God's will. When faced with difficult decisions or in certain situations, choose faith over fear. Trust that God's plan is at work in your life, even when it seems completely chaotic. Practice obedience to God's teachings, his calling for your, in your life, even if it challenges societal norms. By embracing faith, courage, and obedience, you align yourself with God's divine plan. And this could lead to a profound sense of peace, knowing that you're living in accordance with his will and purpose, just as Joseph did. So lastly, family, to find peace, we deepen our relationship with the Prince of Peace. And we do that by spending intentional time in prayer, scripture reading, and worship in order to uh, develop a deeper connection with Jesus. Setting aside a specific time for spiritual reflection throughout your day. And during our, time, our prayer and reflection time, focus on building a personal relationship with him. Sharing our thoughts, concerns, and joys with him, just as though you're talking to a close friend. Dive into the Gospels and learn more about his teachings and life. Deepen your rela- deepening your relationship with Jesus will give you a more profound sense of his presence in your life. And this connection will help you find comfort and peace knowing that he's in the midst of all of life's storms. So this Advent season, let us embrace this message of peace. In our own lives, we face challenges and chaos just like Joseph. And just like Joseph, we can find peace by choosing to be obedient, having deep trust and unwavering faith in God's divine plan for our lives. Family, surrender it all. Surrender the need for control. Surrender the hurt. Surrender the fear. And embrace the peace that only can be found in the Prince of Peace, our King Jesus. As we prepare for this Christmas, let's commit to being peacemakers, family. Embodying the peace that this season represents. So may the Lord of Peace Our King Jesus, be with you all, guiding and strengthening you in your journey of faith. Now, family, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus, God, and we are just so thankful for you and the way you just continue to love and embrace us in the way that you do, God. 
Again, we come to you with all of our hurts, God, and anxieties and fears, knowing that you are gonna bring peace and restoration to all of our lives and situations, God. Each of us are dealing with different ways that our hearts are heavy during this season, God. Each of us are dealing with different struggles during this time. But we lift all of those to you, God, knowing that you are gonna make all things right, knowing that you have a better plan for our lives. You are bringing us into something so much greater than we could ever imagine, God. We love you so much, Lord Jesus. You are king, and we put this all before you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Prince of Peace. It's in your mighty name we pray, amen.